Hi, this is Johnny Cosmo, and you're listening to KAOS Olympia. Hey, Markley here. This is the 63rd episode of Low Profile. So a couple of years ago, my friend and former bandmate Nehemiah told me about this band he started playing bass for and thought they'd be a good match for this show. And I loved what I heard. In fact, I started listening to it all the time. But I was hesitant to invite them on because A, they only had two albums out, 2019's Johnny Cosmo and 2021's Pastry and I usually like to do a lot of research in a deep discography before having them on as a guest. And B, I already had a years-old, overambitious list of dream guests who, to my pleasant surprise, kept accepting my invitations. But here's the thing. The more I listen to those two albums, the deeper the discography felt. with Johnny and Nehemiah and then later in June of 2022 we managed to get together while my family was visiting Los Angeles. Turns out the three of us have a bizarre experience in common almost 20 years ago. We'll get into that later. We also discussed Johnny's earlier days on the East Coast when he went by Johnny T. Putting a little sunshine in your ears, uh, talking about some sonic fondue, how Nehemiah got involved on bass, uh, how much fun it is to play bass, the intersection of doing therapy and song crafting, and of course, the ideal burger. As of November 2022, Johnny Cosmo now has a third album out called Light Speaks the Quilt. We've been hearing more sugar on top from that record. There's a link to it on this episode's website at lowprofilepodcast.com if you'd like to hear all 14 songs. Okay, you ready? Let's hang out on the porch. From Highland Park, I'm Markley Morrison, and this is Low Profile. I'm on the porch of Johnny Cosmo. What's up, Johnny? What's up? Thanks for having me. Super excited. And I have a uh, dual agent here, uh, Nehemiah St. Danger. Hello. So you play (laughs) in Johnny Cosmo's band. I sure do. The name of that band is Johnny Cosmo? Yeah. I saw a live clip where you said, we are Johnny Cosmo. Do you use that in a singular way as well? Yeah, I use it singular and plural and I feel like the band wouldn't really be the band unless it was the band of people flying. 
Okay. Yeah. Nehemiah, have you ever said, I am Johnny Cosmo? <laughs> I am Johnny Cosmo. <laughs> Before we started rolling, we all came to the realization that we all are previous employees of the bookstore bar. <laughs> <laughs> Ever heard of it? <laughs> Three different stores. Yeah. Uh, all around the same time. Early, yeah. early oddies. I definitely. I think it was 2003 specifically for mm -hmm. me. I was thinking about it. Like 03 yeah. is when I worked there. I definitely was working there in 03. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> what was your What was your role? I was a stock person. I definitely remember like unpacking a lot of magazines and like working that like cafe area. Okay. <laughs> like, How about you? I was working in the uh, CD and DVD department. Oh. That's where I was too. That's where I wanted to be. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Yeah, they started me out there. Oh, and, so um, cool. I would come in really stoned and hungry, and I would eat a lot of the Godiva chocolate that was sitting Oh, yeah. And then Easy I would get like a, bars. a blood sugar crash, and then I would just do a really bad job working. I remember, yeah, I was I was dirt poor when I was working there. Like, I, some days I'd be pushing my Volkswagen Beetle halfway to work. <laughs> um, and I would get there and be like, oh, I guess I'll sneak a few of these chocolate bars with the almonds because that seems like it's got some kind of protein in it yeah and uh you know that would keep me going Ooh, we're getting a nice close-up recording Whoa. of whatever this thing is it's like a, is that like a june bug <laughs> it's like a beetle bee it looks yeah. like yeah half bee half beetle <laughs> yeah. is this going to be the second time i get stung during an interview have you gotten stung before yeah, last time I did an outdoor interview, matter of fact. <laughs> to the structural. <laughs> you got to be again. I get it by the microphone so everyone can hear it. Oh. It got me. Oh no. oh no. It bit me. Oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about your bee. You know, one other thing I should mention, you know, is, um, I'm I'm gonna be training to become a hibachi chef soon. Which no way. I'm really excited about. Wow. Yeah, blend my love for food and you know sample art. Yeah. You know, just kind of. Yeah, I'm really excited. My sister got me a for my birthday like a ten week lesson at Benihana to become a hibachi wow. chef. Wow. So uh, gonna be doing that in July. Wow, I might just like give up my whole career arts. as a therapist and just, just go hibachi. I mean, I could see myself doing it. Hey, know? that's a form of therapy too, man. <laughs> exactly, onion volcanoes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, throwing shrimps in people's mouths. If you oh, ever yeah. need to do target practice, <laughs> I'm always available. Yeah, you got a big mouth too. It's a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> I start playing music in bands like around the time I was working at <laughs> Word. a little bit uh, like 
rock and roll on the side. Like I said, I always had like a little Tascam cassette recorder, so I kind of always was messing with those, and, and I, I really enjoyed playing to like myself, like uh-huh. like recording something and then like kind of jamming on top of it. Yeah. But, Where were um, you living back then? I lived in Northampton, Mass. Okay. And then I lived in Burlington, Vermont for about eight years. And that's when I like really started playing in uh, like bands and shows. Uh, like by the Coat Factory. Right by the Coat Factory. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first show I ever played was at a house party on a place called Bradley Street. And I remember this specifically because I... I was so nervous. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I showed up and there's just like, it was a massive party. Like, just a typical house party, playing in the basement. And during our, the band was called, at the time it was called Johnny T. It was Johnny T-E-A, like T. Uh-huh. And we we're playing, and uh, and actually it's funny, like some of the people who are in that band I'm so close with and still play music with sometimes. And we we're playing, and during our song which wasn't even we weren't really like a hard rock band we were kind of playing like more like it was kind of like funk music a fist fight broke out like in the basement okay and people were just like it was like at first i was like are people watch pinning like what is going on and then i realized that the pit that was created was just two people like literally fighting so we just like kept playing <laughs> like it was really odd yeah and I, I just remember that was like the first show and then um yeah i played a lot of music in vermont um and then i've lived out here for 10 years where i kind of just been mostly like worked doing recording stuff experience were all house parties yeah which was so fun that's that's the best way to like is the best it's so great comfy i miss that you know? yeah i miss that and it's funny because i remember the first time i played a venue i i don't think i realized like i in my head i built it up to be something i was like oh my gosh we're playing like a venue like holy <laughs> like this is so cool and then i remember playing and be like this is not cool actually this isn't as fun like I, I had that experience of being like this is nowhere near as fun as basement shows you know which I still kind of feel like that's something that I wish happened more here 
specifically at my age, is like party outdoor. It could be outside or whatever. Just like shows that are like, yeah, less venue-ish. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, just a little bit of background. Yeah, yeah. So I'm coming into this having listened to two of your records cool. a bunch of times. Cool. There's the eponymous record, Johnny uh-huh. Cosmo, and yeah. then uh, the more recent Pastry. And um, I understand you're working on a third? Yeah, there's a couple couple brewings. Okay, cool. A couple brewings. We just did like a live recording session with everyone so there's gonna be like a live record I think right I'm hoping yeah so what's the what's the live setup like because the albums are very densely populated with musicians yeah is is a live situation similar yeah it's pretty densely populated few of the songs have like 16 people in the room there's like a string quartet edition for a few of the songs and then uh, a few are just kind of like the the live band which we play with like 12 usually mm-hmm. it's like a 12 piece and um, it's fun it's fun as hell but that was like a few years ago but I mean it would be great yeah I mean, I'm always down to expand you know it's, it's hard to, to find spaces that'll fit that many people. You know, we become the audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I've definitely been a part of those where the, the band outnumbers the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. yeah. So that's actually fairly new to be arranging strings for me. I actually really wanted, I've always wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done like a few arrangements for some friends projects but I always I, I don't think I really understood the possibilities rhythmically with strings like I always, I think I always just not coming from like a classical music background I always thought of strings as like a very like uh, kind of moody like dronier type instrument but then like I started listening to some older soul music and stuff where there's a lot of like plucking and like yeah. a lot of like rhythmic runs like you know and like ELO using those like extreme like in your face disco type rhythmic runs and I was like oh I really want to try something like this so that was kind of what inspired me to do more string yeah stuff. with with Fool um, as far as the arrangements goes and kudos to I, I did not realize that you did the string arrangements for that oh, as yeah. well um, it brought to mind for me like like Isaac Hayes, totally Hot Buttered Soul, like that kind of vibe. Love that. Um, Love. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing you're a, a student of California soul. I love soul music. I like. I I mean, I'm just really into. Um, I'm really into like anything that kind of makes me melt. A little bit you know I and I love funk music as well and, and R&B and I think that um, a lot of my musical tendencies have been more like rock oriented in the past and I feel like I really 
there was kind of a shift I feel like in my music specifically when I started releasing when I released that first Johnny Cosmo record was like I really wanted to lean into like making music that aligned more with like who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and I think there was always like a conflict of like trying to create I don't know like it took me a while to kind of find my feet as an artist because I feel like so much of my mind was looped into like trying to be something that I'm not and I like making feel good music as yeah. I like life I love life so it's like giving myself permission to write like happy songs was like a huge thing for me like it was really anti what I thought um, art should be for a long time and I think now it's just more like honoring wherever I am in the moment I just feel like uh Sometimes songs don't allow for, like, the fluidity of life in general. Uh-huh. So, like, I feel like once they're created, there's, like, so much more possibility than I realize afterward. It could be, yeah. Word. So, were you doing, like, like more of, like, a power violence type music before this? Or, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before this, I was more, like, Slipknot. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, like, Godsmack. And then I kind of yeah. went into the Isaac Hayes direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? A little bit of sunshine on that. Yeah, yeah, sour just throw soul. a little sunshine on that. Uh, you mentioned ELO, which is something that I definitely thought of uh, when I hit play on your first record. Yeah. Which was the second record I heard. Um, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I, ha- I hadn't heard that until actually just a few weeks ago. Um, thanks for sending me a copy. No problem. Covered in happy face stickers. Very <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Lynn is a friggin' genius. I mean, I don't, I don't even. I, I saw ELO perform like four years ago here. Oh wow! And I went on a whim. I was kind of like, do I really want to go to this? Like, it's like <laughs> maybe just like a dad rock thing like I didn't know what to expect and I, I I stand firm that it's like top one of the top performances I've ever seen in my life like the band was incredible his voice is still in, just amazing and like the care it took to put on that show was just all the songs sounded like the record it was insane he had a full string like orchestra it's insane so it was like really inspiring I was like oh I want to like have a massive band too if I can <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well I think you pulled it off yeah try yeah let's hear a little bit of that
Ed, how did you become involved with this gentleman to my right? Well, Johnny needed a bass player for a show, mm -hmm. and I had not been performing very much because uh, I worked a lot, and uh, he just so happens to be so organized uh, that he hit me up with enough time for me to figure out uh, how to get the time off from work. Now I'm addicted. It's the most fun <laughs> band I've ever played in. Oh, that's nice. Cool. And we've played in a number of bands together. That's so true, that's yeah. almost comes across as a diss. <laughs> uh, Full disclosure. <laughs> I mean, you know, I try to keep them well fed with the grill going. You know, I cook up shrimp, so it's not really fair. Yeah. <laughs> no one can really, you know, when shrimps are being made, for your band, that's how you can keep them coming back. It is it is quite an upgrade from hot dogs. Yes. yes. I'll yes. say that. I'm afraid so. Oh man. So wait, are you are you a barbecue guy? I love barbecue. Yeah. I love food in general. I'm kind of a food freak. I get that vibe. You know, I um I do want to talk about your music videos a little oh, yeah. bit. Um I like to what extent are you involved in the visual uh, elements of those? A lot, a like lot, a lot. Okay. like I'm pretty hands on about the visual. Honestly, there's one. So my I worked with on two of the videos, the one for Fool, uh huh, and the one for Jessica Triangle on the first record. I I worked with my friend Kevin who makes amazing music videos and like as a dear friend and um and i feel like we work really well together and uh and we so the the visual elements is like i don't really know what i'm doing video wise so i try and like i'm also very like up for all sorts of ideas but i do mm -hmm. have like I'd say, like, a lot of the video ideas I have come between, like, waking up in the morning. Uh-huh. And, I, like, when your mind is kind of squishy, and I'm like, oh, that would be cool. But otherwise, it's, like, hard for me to imagine the idea of, of video in my actual life. Like, I think more in a musical way. So it's, like, really weird to think of visual accompaniment to music for me. Yeah. But, like, in the squishy space of, like, waking up, I usually come up with ideas. Like, the one for Fool with that, like you know, weird creature, like, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I, like, met some sort of weird creature that was created by my friend Peter, who's also a genius, and, like, we just kind of hung out. <laughs> and, like, the dancing piano keys. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. Like, so very, like, old-school Hollywood. Okay, that one, I will totally, I, that one was not as much on me. I actually had a completely different idea for that video. Uh-huh. And we had planned it out and everything, and then they were just like, it was like maybe 10 days before we were supposed to shoot it, and they were like, we just want to let you know that, like, this idea is really great, but in actuality, we're realizing it will cost a lot of money to pull off. And I was like, oh, I don't really <laughs> like, uh -huh. And they were like, but we have this other idea that could be really cool. And 
that that video was made by um, the Giraffe Sisters. They have Giraffe Studios um, in Glendale, who are also dear friends, and they they had the whole visual element for that video down to a T. I I think it's amazing the way it turned out, and I was also very willing to just be like. I trust them enough because all the stuff they make I absolutely love so I was like let's do it I showed up that day I had to find friends who were one free that day and two were willing to wear a white like like unitard (laughs) unitard and I'll tell you what I was surprised how many people like it was kind of hard to find people who were willing to do those two things. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, not that it was, like, hard, but it was just, like, the unitard, like, some people were just, like, I can't, I can't do it. And I'm, like, that's okay. I like to watch that video and uh, try to figure out which one of my friends is which <laughs> piano key by looking at their legs. <laughs> I think you can tell, like, t- two of them I can really tell. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Peter is very easy to tell. Yep. <laughs> Peter from... Uh, Banny Grove. Banny Grove, okay. Yeah, yeah Peter was... Nichols, who also did the video, like, the Fool video with my buddy Kevin and did the video for Strawberry Vision, which was on the first record. Oh, also... yeah. Strawberry Vision. I want to talk about that, yeah. too. Because that, yeah, you you hand the lead over to yeah. a guest. That song, honestly, might... Be, I wish that that song got... I, I, I feel like that's, like, one of the best songs that I've ever, like, written or been a part of. I love that song so much, and uh, it's really interesting because it also came about so spontaneously. Like, I wrote the music part, and my friend Cassie happened to be staying here mm-hmm. for, like, a couple days, and... I was sort of, like, writing some ideas over it. This At this time, like, my tape machine was, like, right here in this room. And I was, like, kind of writing some ideas over it. And then I was like, Cassie, do you have any ideas for it? And then, like, she took, like, a voice note of it, just playing out of the speakers. And then, like, later that day, like, was like, let me try something. And then, like, just, like, did the whole thing over it. And I was like... So the whole song itself was written and recorded within, like, 36 hours, which is, like, really rare for that's my music. That's a quick music. turnaround. Yeah, for my music, that's that's rare. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love the way that song turned out. And, like, it's really funny, like, to just also, like, think about that time period because it was... Sometimes those things just... I, I feel like when the songs feel really easy, it's just, like, such a... It, I, they connect with me long-term, you know? Like, if something just feels really easy and spills out of you, it's, like... I mean, years later, I feel like I still, like, it's that song and feel really connected to it. I saw a lonely dog Strolling right beside the roadway With feathers on his paws Howling ever so slowly Generosity from underneath those coconut trees in distinct virtual. 
goes by on the recording. On the recording, uh, Casey Rabbit. Casey Rabbit. Which is Cassie Carlson, um, and she has a band called Gorilla Toss, okay. um, which is an amazing band. She displays more range in her vocals than most people who do sort of a talking, talk yeah. singing part. Yeah. She's all over the place yeah. for a, a thing that, a vocal part that doesn't have a melody. Totally. Well, my idea for this song was like I wanted it to be like a psychedelic funky nursery rhyme. Mm. Like, <laughs> like I wanted it to have like a nursery like rhyme type of feel where it's like a story song but like also kind of funky and like hints of like Sesame Street in it, um, which has always been kind of a huge inspiration for my music. And historically <laughs> funky and psychedelic. Hell yeah! Yes. Yeah. Sesame Street is. I just watched this documentary on Sesame Street. I didn't even know that much about it, but mm -hmm. it's really wild history and a super cool show. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you you record mostly on tape? Is that yeah? It, like exclusively or you mix it say, up? So up until recently, yes. Mm -hmm. um, the pastry record was the first record was all tape and then I just mixed it analog out and yeah. it was done. I mean I'm not like a um, purist about any recording medium to be honest. Like I sure. talk to people who like record analog and they're just like no like this is the way to do it. Like, and I'm like I'm not that way at all. It just happened to be the way that I like learned how to record music. Like when I was younger I always messed with like cassette machines and then like I always thought of a computer as, like, school. Yeah, use it like, to compute. <laughs> yeah, use it to write, like, word stuff. So I, like, never really, like, thought of a computer as a, a recording device for me. So I, like, up, in, uh, up until recently when I got an interface, I had, like, a little bit of a feeling of, like, oh, y'all been cheating a little bit. Like, I was, like, a little bit, like, whoa, you can just, like turn the volume down like that easily like I felt kind of like <laughs> I'm just like where have I been a little bit like, right you yeah. can just sort of draw in <laughs> yeah. and things like that it yeah. does feel like cheating yeah I mean it's not like from cheating a... but it's just like I, I yeah I just was like confused with that all the possibilities that were available if you enjoy this show and want to help support it you can join the patrons at patreon.com slash low profile this show also receives in-kind support from several olympia businesses including rainy day records san francisco street bakery schwartz's deli old school pizzeria and Schurler easy premium shitty american lager from three magnets brewing company now back to today's interview with johnny cosmo A heavy element in all your recordings, uh, and probably like 
the first thing that drew me into it mm. is just Wawa on everything. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, but the more I hear, like, like say with, like, you know, um, Sly Stone, there's a riot going on. Yeah. I could not get enough of that because everything is just got the filter going up and down. Yeah. And you, Nehemiah, you told me that um, you played some straight, clean bass tracks for Cosmo over here. Yeah. And then when he played it back to you, <laughs> it was just yeah. It was it was like my Bootsy Collins dream coming true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I might have reamped it through the beautiful so surprise. Yeah, that's not a question; it's an observation. But maybe you'd like to expand oh, yeah. on that. I mean, I'm I like that you pointed that out because I'm trying to like. Trying to not do it as much. So that <laughs> I am such a sucker for like auto filters, and uh, it's really funny you mentioned that because tomorrow I'm working. I'm at like a market yard sale where I'm selling like a lot of like used gear, like friends stuff they gave to me, and I'm just gonna run a little vendor spot. And I was going through all my pedals, and I was just like, how many? F- auto filter wah pedals do I have like I didn't even realize like specifically I have like three bass pedals that are auto filter wah pedals and I was like and then I started putting them in the, the section to sell like uh, just one or two and then like when I finally decided I was like I'm not selling those <laughs> I was about to pony up <laughs> yeah. I still don't have one of those they're fun yeah they're yeah. super fun but I think I I mean, yeah, I love Sly Stone and, like, all that stuff, which is, like, heavy on the, like... I just like the way it, you know, kind of, like... A truck that feel. said Stone just drove really? by is right when you true? said that, yeah. Damn. I love, uh... I love that, uh... That sound, you know? George Duke at all? Oh, George Duke yeah. much? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so fun. It's also really fun to see when you sometimes, like, if I'm recording, like, a sax or something, like, I'll, like, I'll, like, put just, like, a little bit on a, on a horn mm-hmm. while someone's recording, and they're, like, it totally informs how they play, too. You know, like, that's the other cool thing I feel like about auto, like, filters and wah, specifically auto ones, is that, like, it really informs how people play the instrument. You know, for example, like the bass might be like, like a little bit more when you play with like a palm mute, a little bit more muted. You get some really cool, like funky overtones, and um, yeah, I just also feel like Wasp it's really good with like the lyrics I write, or <laughs> like the like yeah. yeah. So like I'm just like into that zone. It's good for the the positive vibes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, the fireflies are in disguise. The psychology's been a part of me that I personalize. Dick sitting on the hard facts for below. Feel the glow. 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 Feel the
uplifting material, yeah. generally. And I'm wondering if that ties in at all to your uh, your profession choice. You're you're a therapist. Yeah. Nehemiah was telling yeah, me. Yeah, I'm a therapist. I've had like a lot of heavy shit in my life happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like the type of person who's very grateful to be alive. Like I definitely should be dead by all accounts. On, some on close every, calls. <laughs> some close calls. Like a like years of heroin addiction and almost dying several times and then like having cancer at one point in my life and like just like all sorts of flirtations with death um that I feel like have informed like a lot of like for me music is so fun and it really feels like one of the only spaces in my life that I don't feel confused about I definitely have some songs on these records that are a little more like they might on the surface feel like like fun and wily but like I feel like with a bent ear to the words there's like a little bit more of like a introspective like specifically on some of the more recent songs I've been writing I feel like I'm diving like a little bit more into the territory of playing with like living within this cultural world that's like shifting and changing in a way that is kind of dismal and dark but like holding on to like some sort of hope at the same time if and when possible you know and I think that like holding on to that duality can be really hard for everyone you know yeah. and so I'm trying to like that's kind of where my lyric lyrical uh, nature is leaning these days is just kind of like trying to hold it trying to hold the you know the, the both hands or like the dichotomy this in like really crazy world that we're living in and like having some sort of glimmers of hope in it. Yeah. Is there a specific song we could play to tie into that idea? Yeah. I feel like I feel like um All Strange Heroes really taps into that uh zone for me. But I prefer 
during the pandemic, and I was, um, I wrote it really quickly, and I feel like the, the words for me are like really like quintessential, like how I would really want to embody like life, like acknowledging all the like shit that's going on, but also acknowledging that like sometimes there's other sorts of narratives that don't get as privileged and like pulling those forward and then wondering about the possibilities of like that um, under like a community element but yeah that song I feel like taps into some of that for me um, yeah so when you're writing the songs do you demo them yourself before you show them to the other musicians kind of varies like sometimes I I like the demos like with All Strange Heroes like I recorded all that I think I played everything on that one like the drums and everything and I, originally I wanted it to be a demo and then I kind of liked the way it sounded so I just kept it but then there's sometimes where I'm like like for example right now like the live record we just made like I feel like the whole thing was that like once we started playing some of the songs from pastry live like specifically like nehemiah right like incredible bass player i was like oh my gosh i was like these songs just have a whole different life to them when you bring them to the band so i was like i wanted to capture that so uh, there's like three songs on the the new live record that are like songs from pastry but they're just arranged differently and have different like kind of feel to them i would say yeah yeah this guy really Nehemiah you hit the sweet spot he's so good thanks super gifted it's uh really fun to try to recreate the songs and then like let them evolve in a different context it's it's uh I think this band really excels at that yeah um, everybody brings so much is this pretty much your main gig nowadays? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just like trying to focus on, you know, playing music with my friends and supporting them. And, um, yeah. You know, I'm not really going out and trying to find a band to play in, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, this makes me happy. It's fun. Yeah. Are you double dipping at all, Johnny? <laughs> like... Like, uh, like collaborating with other folks. Oh, <laughs> in the fondue, <laughs> the sonic uh, fondue. Yeah, the sonic fondue. I, I, uh, I like, I'm like very similarly like, um, love helping make other people's dreams come true with songs. I mean, that's what I love about recording people is like, I feel like there's this. With the, within the archetype of a recording studio exists, like, a lot of stories of doubt, I feel like. Yeah. And, like, to be there and, like, help people, like, be like, let's, like, leave that outside of the fucking room right now. Because I'm guessing you came here to have an alternative experience. <laughs> like, totally. doubt is all out here, you know? It's like, let's come in here, have fun, like, record your songs. So, like, yeah, I play, I, I mean, I love supporting my friends and, and playing um, you know whatever instrument they would need to make their you know show come alive or dream come alive um, 
I kind of like float around to that regard. I, I'm, I'm, I play, there's like one band that I've been playing in consistently over the years, but it's like, we do like tours <laughs> that are like six weeks long and then we don't play for like years. <laughs> That band is called Mr. Elevator, and the guy who writes songs for that band, it's, it's a really fun band to play, and I play bass, and it's like just synth, bass, and drums, so there's no guitars in it at all, which is kind of refreshing. Is that your main axe? I love, it's, I'd say like... What's your comfy spot? My comfy spot is like piano and guitar, I would say. Okay. But I'd say, like, lately, I've been writing on bass. I like writing songs on bass. Mm. Like a lot. Same. It's so fun to write on bass. Like over the past two years, I feel like that's something that I like just sit on the couch with and like fool around because it just, you can inform so many different possibilities. And my music is really groove driven. So when I like come up with a bass line, I feel like I can float melodies around it versus like a guitar takes up so much sonic space. Like if you like, strum a guitar it's like informs a lot whereas like a bass leaves more open space i feel like so i've been writing on bass for that. i think for me too like uh bass is a good place to start from if you just you're walking around and a song hits you yeah. out of the blue yeah and you got like like back in the day you got a pocket tape recorder now you yeah. got your phone and you can you can get a bass line down yeah without any room for you know like what's going on here you've got totally. you've got the root notes and you could build off of that anytime totally and yeah. so i think that's that's why i like to write from that spot mm -hmm. it's also just like the most fun instrument to play live in my opinion I, oh I, I agree wholeheartedly do you, do you agree with that yeah yeah bass is like just so fun to play live like it's like I'm always excited if, like, a friend's band is, like, asks me, hey, like, for this show, like, we need bass player, would you play bass? I'm like, if it's bass, I'm, like, almost always, if I'm available, totally in, because I just love playing bass live. It's so fun. Fold your hands, fix your hands, don't stupid. Nothing's wrong. I forget how to speak, okay, Cupid.
customary that I ask my guests, the more esteemed ones anyway, um, how you like your burger? Oh, uh, medium rare. Well, I mean, a little more in-depth, <laughs> a, a little more specific. Okay. Like, I like mean, paint a picture. Someone, yeah, yeah. so anyone who comes to one of your shows totally. can show up and <laughs> bring you your dream burger. <laughs> okay, okay, definitely. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, toasted bun. Yeah. A little bit of butter on the bun, if you could. Just Got like to. a little bit. Then the burger... I, I don't know, how could you not want a cheeseburger? Anyone who just has a regular burger kind of confuses me. So I want a cheeseburger, medium rare. I like the burger to be like a like meteor patty burger. You like a thicker one. Yeah, I like, okay. like a thicker burger. And I also really like a little butter on the burger. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Like, uh, so, uh, cheeseburger. Um kind of classic lettuce tomato onion extra onion i'm an onion freak pickles pickle spear on the side pickle spear on the side okay uh ketchup light mayo um like i you know i'm just imagining in my head like a toothpick in it would be nice it adds to uh, the charm yeah yeah. presentation is a big deal i know i love onions though i'll say like raw okay okay um Actually, it's funny. There's a taco truck across the street on Saturdays, and uh, they call me Senor Saboya, which is Mr. Onion. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I fucking love onions so much, I ask them for onions all the time. <laughs> and they call my dog Cebollita, Little Onion. Either one of those would be a great album title. <laughs> I know, I, I'm thinking about it at some point. I used to trade, um, they'd give me tacos on Saturdays, and I'd give the daughter piano lessons. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and we were doing that for, for a while. And then. Then she got but, too good. <laughs> yeah, then. then you know, now she's at Walt Disney Hall. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's my burger, I would say. I, I mean, maybe even like. Yeah, the pickle spear, some fries on the side. Sounds good to me. to thank both of you thank you yeah thank you so much yeah so glad you came over thanks for providing this beautiful porch and uh what's the best way for the listener to find your stuff um there's a Bandcamp page or my or there's a website that's johnnycosmo.com which is j-o-n-n-y-k-o-s-m-o 
facebook.com and that has links to everything and then there's Bandcamp and all that cool. stuff um, but yeah all right. and for all the videos on YouTube alright and we'll link all that on the page for this episode on Low Profile Podcast as well Nehemiah you got anything you want to plug uh I kind of want a hamburger (laughs) sometimes friends end up being just the last thing you know sometimes truths vary depending on the day Story so goes Honestly nobody knows Jelly bean cherry heads aside I'm slowly the 63rd episode of Low Profile with the band leader Johnny Cosmo and bassist Nehemiah St. Danger recorded in summer 2022. Right now, we're hearing a live recording of their song Jelly Bean Jerry taped by Andrew Ebright at Cryptotropa Bar in Olympia, Washington earlier this year. Since we spoke, a new Johnny Cosmo album, Light Speaks the Quilt, which features this song, has been released. 
And for the record, I think it's pretty great. The artwork for this episode was made by Lonnie Morrison. For more information about Johnny Cosmo and related links, you can visit lowprofilepodcast.com. You can also subscribe to Low Profile wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss out on future episodes or catch up on ones you might have missed. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.